0: One conversation, that's all it takes. He hears what I'm saying, I hear what he's saying, and then, like you said, a bigger idea comes out
1: of it. It has the promise of people being able to talk to each other.
2: You're listening to Our Shared Field, where we bring artists into conversation with people from outside of the arts. I'm your host, Austin Camille, and this is the last part of the conversation we began two weeks ago. If you want to catch up on the guests' individual interviews, check out episode one and two on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We've spoken with Terrell Hagler, a sanitation worker and activist from North Philadelphia, also known as Man on Instagram, and with Amzi Emmons, a Philadelphia-based printmaker and teacher whose work often deals with the discarded objects found on the streets of the city. Amzi and Terrell are both deeply invested in focusing on the local as it connects outward, on noticing things and pointing them out to others who may not see them, and caring for their immediate and larger communities. In bringing these two people together, while the subject matter of trash was the initial connection, so much more emerged through our conversations. When we sit down together, I learned that Amzi and Terrell had already been in touch and were in the early stages of creating a collaborative project. They got me caught up.
0: Our first conversation was treaty to the point and detailed.
1: Just some background, Austin. We talked about where our two ways of kind of doing things could possibly intersect. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Terrell works for the city. Uh, He's also, you know, incredibly visible as an activist and really just sort of a public thinker. And I sit alone in a room making pictures you know and so it's like sort of where where can these two things sort of be in service to each other and it became clear that like the sanitation department could use more visibility uh the most often asked question and correct me if I'm wrong Terrell was sort of like reminding and answering people's questions about how to put their trash out so that it is easy and accessible and supportive to the folks who have to Mm -hmm. collect it
0: and what's recycling what's waste
1: yeah. We talked about doing a zine or a poster or a trifold that takes the language from the website and then works off of photos that Terrell's been putting on his Instagram feed for a while now and just puts those two things together. On my end, I've been collecting images from his Instagram and then staring at the rules and trying to think about ways of making them clear and, and interesting to look at.
2: Rules like, don't put your trash out too early, never put your trash in a cardboard box plastic bags cannot be recycled, and so on. I got my
0: manager excited about the tripod and stuff. And she was like, do you think he'll do it quarterly, that we can send one out every four months? And so I was like, I don't know. I gotta wait till I talk to him on Saturday morning. <laughs>
1: Super cool. This just seems like a great way for the arts to be in service to the city and to the citizens and the people who work here.
0: And on my end, I think it's such a, Profound idea that I actually set up a meeting with my local um, sanitation union to see if is there a way to, for them to commission and incorporate this on a bigger scale. We touch every house, every door. So maybe one day we hand 100 to each truck
1: mm-hmm. and the
0: truck leaves it on the door as they're collecting the trash. I think it's, it could turn into something a lot bigger right, right. for the
1: city. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's amazing because I feel like it's on a scale that's so much bigger than I would have ever anticipated. You know, the notion that you can actually take two people whose skill sets are incredible on their own and then put it together and it's like, wow, and now an entire city is able to feel the effects from that is kind of unreal, (laughs) actually.
0: (laughs) It starts with one conversation. That's all it takes. And I believe also you got to listen too. If if one person is just talking the whole time, and the other person doesn't have a chance to share, doesn't work. I, I could tell Andy is very receptive of my ideas. I'm very receptive and respectful of his craft and his ideas. And I think that mutual respect really pushes this project forward because then he hears what I'm saying, I hear what he's saying, and then, like you said, a bigger idea comes out of it. I looked it up. I think the last pamphlet went out when I was, like, nine.
2: Torell is talking about an information pamphlet describing the proper way to put out your trash that must have gone out about 20 years ago or so. I'm 31 now. So it's about time. <laughs>
0: yeah, a lot has changed.
1: There's so much interesting good in um, just thinking about what you're saying. As a, as a kind of culture, we sort of rely on, you know, we're, we're talking to each other through the internet and we sort of rely on our phones and all this technology, but it's often hard to actually see anything. You know, you talk about listening. The internet's mm-hmm. like a great place for people to kind of shout, but not hear. Mm-hmm. Something really simple about just a pamphlet that asks you to, you know, look at it, read it. And I, I also think about the um, you know, the city trash pickup is it's like a <clears throat> excuse me, it's like a distribution system. You know, everybody consumes stuff, we generate our garbage, and most people just don't think about it unless it doesn't get picked up on the day they thought. Yeah. But the idea of reversing that distribution system and having, you know, the folks who, who make all that stuff, you know, move along its life cycle, you know, send information back to us. I mean, it's just a great way to make that system kind of visible to people in a new and different way. Um, make the people who pick up the trash, be seen as people doing their job, um, not like these sort of mysterious, you know, elves who come through the city before right. most of us get up
0: the words right out of my mouth. I tell people all the time, robots actually don't pick up your trash. Sometimes people just sort of treated us like robots. Like, you didn't come on that day. I'm like, listen, life happens. But it, I think this would be a great way to connect with the residents again. Because like I say I've, I've always felt like there was a gap. And now with my Instagram, I feel like it's getting closer and closer and closer. And I think there's just one way for, and, you know, for both sides to be proactive. If we're going to be proactive and do this and sanitation is going to be proactive and, you know, distributed, I think the residents have to be proactive and at least follow it. You know, and then that's, that's when we shift the narrative.
2: This question of how do you humanize or make more relatable the things that Terrell does every day was a huge part of our initial conversation, particularly doing so in the community that he's so invested in. Amzi and Terrell and I have talked a lot about this city, and I was curious to hear more about what this idea of the local meant to each of them. Terrell is someone who grew up in North Philadelphia, and Amzi as someone approaching the idea as a transplant. As someone who just moved here a couple of years ago, I'm personally interested in learning how to belong here. And so we talked about different ways to belong to a place.
0: Philly is a very interesting city. You could spend two days here and be like, I love it. You could spend an hour here and say, I hate it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but to answer your question, it's really easy to care for this city. It's really easy to want to get involved because I explain that Philly is like an extreme city. Either it's extremely productive, artsy, food all that stuff, or it's extremely gun violence, drugs, got, you know, kids driving motor pads up Broad Street at 11 a.m. on a Sunday, fireworks, ATMs blowing up, just corrupt politicians, all of that. So to me, the local is in the middle (laughs) of all of that. And I believe that if... You stir up something in the middle; it'll probably bleed both ways. So, I just—I think it's important to try to understand your like direct area. So, for example, me in North Philly, everyone you know thinks North Philly's so bad it's this and that, but it's actually shifting. Um, it's getting is uberly gentrified right now. It's, Temple has more properties than I think regular residents do in North Philly. It's the whole thing, you know. My grandmother's been living at Carlisle and Poplar since 1963. She hasn't done a lick of um, uh, updates or anything since then. You know, I asked my real estate broker, and she said, "Yeah, your grandmother's house value is at like 450 thousand. She bought it for sixty. It's crazy." hmm So. Understanding that and when you talk about just your local and what your community is doing, it's forever shifting. But what you got to understand and what I want to do is have that shift on an even playing field so that it benefits everybody in the community. You know, I don't want her to have her house at 500000 and She sells it to temples and she ends up somewhere where she's not comfortable or somewhere she doesn't like or something, you know. So well, from, to me, is if you can improve the whole entire city or, the, or every single community, cleaning up, getting residents involved, getting back to having block captains and people really caring about the community and stuff like that, then the playing field is even. So you can have some of those people and those developers come in and gentrify a little bit, but then there's still some ownership and the vets of the neighborhood, like my grandma. And like my grandmother's the only normal house on her block. So to me, if you understand that about your, your immediate community and your immediate, like, what's around you local, you'll know who to talk to, what, who, what council person, what state rep, what ward leader, what this. Like, I think once, once you can get everybody on board to do something, to shift something, then residents get on board. They, so then you shift in a whole neighborhood. And then you don't want to leave out those communities that people are, being scared to go into. You just got to have somebody brave enough to go into them. That's why I picked where I picked. There's six, seven abandoned lots on this block. When The day I went to take pictures, there were people outside fixing their cars, getting one towed, kids biking up and down the street. But imagine if we clean out those lots and the kids can go play in the lots and there's not that much trash on the ground. You know what I'm saying? So it's all in something. It just takes one person to care. And if they can ignite the fire, then I think the whole community will benefit. If, I don't know if that answers your question.
1: <laughs> That's a good answer. I like the idea that the city's always shifting. Cause I think, you know, there's been a you know million people moving to Philly in the last, you know, 25 years. I'm one of them. Um, it's a living creature made up of all the people in it. Mm-hmm. I I grew up in a super rural farm town with, one stoplight. One of the things I, I sort of, I realized now that I kind of learned uh, and embodied when I was there is um, everybody kind of looked out for everybody else. Uh, It just was a small place. The winters were long and people just kind of looked out for each other. And also anybody, because it was so small, like everybody knew everybody's business and anybody would come up to you to ask you what your business was. And growing up there, I couldn't wait to go somewhere else. You know, it seemed a little, small um and not quite right at the time but i realized when i came to philly the thing i like about philly is that it's actually like dozens and dozens and dozens of small towns yeah Yeah. you know my wife grew up here and she joked when i first moved in that i i i know more people in our neighborhood in the first couple months than she's known you know living there for years um and that's because anybody will talk to you in philadelphia you know Mm -hmm. If you say good morning or hello to somebody, they they will tell you how their day is. And sometimes they'll be having a good day and they'll tell you about it. And sometimes they're not, yeah, yeah. and they'll tell you about that too. Um, and I just really appreciate that honesty and um, and the fact that people are open to talking to strangers. Most neighborhoods in this town have like you know at least a handful of people who kind of sit out on the stoop or sit out in front of the corner store and um, just keep track of what's going on, uh, and those are those are the first people you have to introduce yourself to because they'll tell you what the business is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just like there's there's just like dozens of people working dozens of jobs. And as uh, Terrell said earlier, most people don't see them or pay any attention to them because everybody's so busy, you know, trying to make their own rent. Um, but if you got the time and you can stop and just ask someone how their day is, or thank them for what they're doing for you, it's pretty easy to become uh a local here um, or accepted by the locals here and i think um and that's a that's a one step closer to to taking ownership for where you live and feeling responsible for it by by contrast the small town i grew up in i feel like um my my parents moved there when i was like 1 year old and after um my dad had a small business there and after about 15 years he got a letter welcoming us to the community you know it's like he'd been through enough winners where you know, we sort of counted as local, but it took about 15 years. Whereas I, I feel like in Philly, it's like if, if you show up, um, if you talk to people, if you acknowledge people, then, then you're a neighbor.
0: It's, it's really the city of brotherly love. It really is. And it doesn't take long and it doesn't take blood to make you a brother here. There's been times that I've seen a person one time on the route the next time, hey, how are you? How's your week? Oh, actually, going pretty good. Like, but it started with a simple, you know, have a good day, be safe. And they're like, oh, okay, now we can we can talk now. <laughs> like, so I, 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 and I definitely agree. It does not take long, and it's that's a wonderful thing about Philly.
2: From this sense of care that they have for their immediate communities, both Amzi and Terrell are engaged in processes of using what they do to point out connections to broader issues. In Amzi's work, it's pointing out how a piece of trash on the ground is actually connected to global capital and social systems. In Terrell's work, it's making the issues of sanitation relevant to an entire city and all of its layers and all of its people. So there's a constant sense of look at this, but also look at how it's affecting or affected by that over there. I wanted to know why this process felt so important to them.
1: I, I've been, um, you know, making pictures and, and and art of some kind and trying to connect with an audience since I was a little kid. Um, and um, that how I think about that work and, and the audience has gone through... You know many changes over time, and and one thing that sort of has occurred to me as I've gotten older is that, you know, the more I learn, the less I think I actually know, um, and the more I feel like I have to learn um, sort of from other people, really. Uh, and so what I've kind of um, arrived at is that as in a in a kind of authentic or ethical way. Um, you know i can notice the things that i notice um and then i can i can point those out to other people and try to build um questions uh that i don't know the answer to but i think maybe we should all think about a little bit more um and uh and that's kind of, and that's informed how i approach a lot of things um and 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 just pointing out things and wondering like well how does this connect to that and what do you think about this uh you start to build things start to get more complicated and, um, and the world is a complicated place uh, for better and worse, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. The saying, if you know better, you'll do better, really resonates in this, um, in this day and age because for me personally, when I first started working for the Sanitation Department, I just didn't have any idea what they went through. Pointing out the small things opens up the door to have bigger conversations. Because in the end of the day, I just want to be safe. I want my coworkers to be safe. I want the city to function well. And I want the trash up off the ground. That's Every sanitation worker legit cares about getting the trash off the ground. He may pretend like he don't. She may pretend like she don't. But it feels good when you get at the top of a block and you see nothing but a flood of black bags and beds and mattresses and stuff. And then when you get done, the whole block is clean. You feel good. And... Endorphins are released, whether you want them to or not. You just feel good. So when I point out things, I feel as though it opens up the door to then have a bigger conversation. So you brought up the needles.
2: In our first conversation from two weeks ago, Terrell and I talked about how folks working for the sanitation department often have to deal with needles poking out of trash bags.
0: By me pointing out the needles, residents around that area it opened up the door for them to comment on it and communicate about it and then one resident donated our uh, waste boxes the red boxes and then that led me to the department of health and trying to work with them so it just kind of snowballed into the fact where you know i'm talking to the department of health of putting up more red boxes and Kensington and allegheny so that we won't have needles in the bags. but it all started with a picture on my instagram giving people the safe space to communicate, to talk, to just dialogue. And then it just leads to the bigger issue, which is the opioid epidemic. That's in a 10 block radius which what we call Kensington Alligate. <laughs> to answer your question, I think using something as small as a picture has the capability to snowball into a, a, a bigger picture, a bigger conversation, and even a movement. And that's like what my Instagram was about. My Instagram was just a sanitation worker who was upset on how m- myself and my coworkers were being treated during the height of a pandemic, and people were blaming us for trash delays, not knowing that we were dealing with COVID just alongside with them. It was never us against them. It was just, you know, my whole saying: it takes all of us. So, I, I, I truly believe that something—so something you think is small can definitely open the door for a larger conversation.
1: Your work on social media is the most hopeful thing. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like the internet can be such, and particularly social media these days can be such a toxic space, um, but it has the promise of people being able to talk to each other. And it's it's so heartening to see that fulfilled in ways that really support ideas of community and, um, and just mutual care, you know? It's like we're all in this together. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. I mean, it has sparked such a, a joy in me to do these cleanups. That's the part that, that it fulfills me no matter what. It's not the blue check by Instagram. It's not the followers. It's the fact that I legit get to affect people, get to change lives. Because, you know, I was there. My mother, I grew up with a single mom with two kids. I was there when... You're like, okay, guys, third night in a row, peanut butter and jelly. Sorry, this is all we got, you know? So I understand. And that's why, you know, I'm so I'm so passionate about just, especially during a pandemic where nobody's working, there's no money. It's just good to know that they could take a day and be like, I'm going to go to your Faith Trash Man event and get some joy. <laughs> I'm going to go partake in a neighborhood cleanup, change the perspective and landscape of a community, and feel good about it. I think uh, Angie would agree. That's why we, we do it, because when you see the actual shift in community, it's a feeling you can't explain. It, it really is.
1: You're doing good work. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're going to do it together now. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm so excited to hear how many people on your end are into the project. It's super exciting. Yeah, I can't wait.
2: If you're new to the podcast and want to learn more about Terrell and Damsey, you can go back and listen to the first two episodes with their individual interviews. Our shared field doesn't end at the recorded audio. As you've heard, we've already got a project in the works. You can learn more about the guests and follow these projects on our website, chat.squarespace.com. Music for this episode is by Arthur Thomas and the Funkatorium a six-piece band from Philly who, in their words, all hail from the planet Funktar to restore order in Earth's world of funk music. You can check out more of their work on our website. Again, that's chat.squarespace.com. Thank you to the Center for Humanities at Temple University for hosting this podcast, and to Eric Carbonara at NADA Sound Studios for audio editing. And a big thank you to Katie Garth, a friend and local artist who made the incredible suggestion to bring these two people together. This podcast is recorded in North Philadelphia on the ancestral lands of the Lenni-Lenape people, whose presence and resilience in Pennsylvania continues to this day. Join me next week to meet the first guest on our second conversation, artist Aviva Romani, who will be working with local tree tender and lawyer, Marcus Ferreira. Until then, I'm Austin Camille. Thank you for listening to Our Shared Field.
0: And every time you go down, crush you with no helmet That's got no need to tell it Cause seeing is believing I want you more than only need That my heart races like saying That dimension of your name But you in my life, nothing's been the same Like God painted picture You became the frame In the ocean of love It's a place I want to drown Baby, let's take time Come on now We gotta slow down Shit